Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mom. Happy birthday to you. Well done. Well done. Thank you. How, how young is mom? She just turned 57. Oh, it's great. That's a nice little gesture there. It's great to open up the show that way. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so I appreciate that. That's really nice. Uh, so Chris Dahl from LP, uh, I guess it's called LP Building Solutions now? Yes. Okay, yep. cool. And then your official title is Project Manager of Innovation, part of the team, right? Yep, yep. There's there's a, um, a couple of us where our, our entire role for the company is driving the portfolio forward in the right direction for the industry. Best nice. way to put it. Nice. I know that I've always bumped into you guys whenever I go down to IBS or any of the other shows that I go to. You guys are always there and uh, sharing mm -hmm. a wealth of knowledge, which is always great. And you'll always, uh, if you're a contractor or tradesperson, you're in the business and you're stepping around the trade shows and you come across their booth, just do yourself a favor and hang out there for a little bit because there's more than enough like-minded people there that want to share what's going on and what's coming down the pipe, right? So that's that's part of the team that you guys are all about, right? Like you guys want to innovate, learn new things, try new ideas. Yes, absolutely. And with something like IBS, I absolutely love the opportunity to do that. I Was it last year? It was in Orlando, I think. Yeah, it's going to flip um, back and forth, Orlando and Vegas, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Vegas, is, Vegas is next year, but Orlando, I think I was there from the time it started to an hour after it ended every single day because that kind of information, I mean, granted, my hip was killing me. I have like a bad hip. <laughs> I can my imagine. Hip was me. Yeah. By the last day, hated it. But um, the amount of information that people like me and my team get from that is so invaluable where it's that intangible anecdotal speak that, you know, us at corporate normally don't get um, in an email way. And I think that's an issue with, you know, a lot of work we do sometimes to put it simply, we need to go touch grass. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's I like, agree like, with you. IBS is a way to do that. Yeah. It's boots on the ground. It's, it's a great way to speak to us. And then we want to speak to you guys. So we're getting ahead of ourselves a tiny, tiny bit. I just want to share with everybody. So Chris dot doll at lpcorp.com, right? That's the email there. Yes. Okay, cool. And then, uh, yeah, I just want to do a shout out real quick to, uh, Covenant, uh, construction, um, uh, and, uh, who was it, Angelina, that gave me the shirt? <laughs> oh, Dan Wall. Sorry. I totally forget. Yeah, Waldo, the Tyler. So Dan Wall, because he actually works with Covenant, so I just wanted to give him a shout-out. I'm wearing his tee. I forgot to mention that I was wearing his tee on the other show there. It was the first time. Chris is like a blur now. I'm, I'm constantly wearing someone else's tee, and I just wanted to give them a shout-out. But right over now, I want to talk all about uh, – let's start with that IBS. I mean, it's just – it's a great – when I got into construction, I didn't even know about uh, the International Builders Show. And mm -hmm. I was going to the shows that we had here in Toronto. The biggest ones that we have is Construct Canada, which is basically a mini version compared to uh, IBS. And also mm -hmm. IBS is the same time that uh, KBIS is going on as well, too. And then there was one year that I attended where I was actually there for the whole week and it was the design thing. So I got an opportunity to be a part of that whole uh, the market. That was just yep. overload. And it was but it was very it was extremely well worth it. Seven days of just full tilt construction design, everything to do with everything. And I, and I really loved it. So it's a great show. I can, I can't imagine. I feel for you guys and girls that actually run the show and walk the show and, and everybody comes up to you guys and, 
millions of questions that are asked, but it's nice that you guys have product displays there. You have cross sections. We start talking about reality. We start putting it all together. We start yep. making, you guys probably hear from us and we hear from you guys, right? So some of the things that you guys are planning for next year, can you share? Is there anything that you guys can touch upon? Um, that's a lot of that's still in the works. The, the thing that I know is it's, um, it's going to be an emphasis on, uh, well, definitely one of the products we just launched Novacore, but it's more of an emphasis on demonstration and kind of, you know, proving, proving these products of benefits in person. Got it. That's, that's what always gets the most, most people to our booth is, uh, you know, showing rather than telling. Because it's important that we have to do that, that in the construction industry, it's not about, uh, I'm not dismissing uh, reading or anything like that. I'm just saying that hands-on is extremely important in construction. Best sales tool. Yep. It, it is for sure. So where do you want to begin, Chris? Like, how do you want to, you guys have always been innovators to begin with. You guys are always coming up with some new products that are coming out. Mm -hmm. And and basically, I love seeing LP and other companies like that, that are, are showing the way instead of following. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's important in construction because I've always said that construction is definitely not the quickest to adopt, right? That's, uh, you know, they, it's just by, it's just the way it works, right? Yeah. Well, I, it kind of goes back to the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes. Type scenario. Yeah. And I mean, if you look, you know, here in the States, a lot of the uh, builders that we see around town, of course, we have our big national builders. But a lot of other ones are the mom and pops that have been around for 50, 60, 70 years that have been doing it the same way, the way their dad did it, the way their dad did it. So it's, you know, to um, to introduce a new product that can be honestly a little scary to a builder is it's a it's a tall order. But one thing here at LP that we kind of, um, you know, had an epiphany several years ago is. Yeah, we're LP building solutions, but before that, we were LP building products. Yes. And the transfer from product to solutions, in my mind, perfectly um, encapsulates what we're trying to achieve there. We're not really providing a product anymore. We're not providing OSB or siding. It's a solution. Um, so it's solving things like moisture or uh, floor resiliency or energy costs or something like that. And that's all about what that hop from products to solutions has been. So something like what my job is now is I'm um, appealing to those, not only the national builders, but those local builders as well, showing them, not telling them, showing them why these products are important. And sometimes it is about, uh, you know, building a better world, defending those, you know, your build from water or anything like that. But then also sometimes it's code driven. Yes. And yeah. we and we want to help people um, meet those codes, whether it is uh, energy or fire, something like that, in the easiest way possible. We want to provide a solution for them that's minimal work on their end and minimal work on the code officials end as well, because we're trying to do all of the um, technical work up front and then also relay it in a way that's easy to understand, easy to digest and easy to teach those uh people that have been using the same product for decades can you I, I wanted to like i've been in construction going on 15 years now and i remember in the first few years the le i guess 
the landscape of tradespeople that I would pay attention to, the majority of them were the younger ones, right? I, and I, every so often you would see a slightly older one. I mean, when I got started, it would have been in my, uh, I would have been my early 30s, mid 30s. And all of a sudden I saw, you know, the 50 year olds, the 60s, the guys that were still staying in the business. But nowadays, when I look at the landscape, it's all young. It's very rare yeah. to see a lot of the older and there is that transfer of knowledge. Are you seeing that this younger group of tradespeople, they're really interested in adopting all these new innovative ideas? Are they almost, because uh, I, I, I take from their mentality on tools and trying to get new tools and new techniques and, and, and try to build a better business where they can be more efficient. Are they taking that same knowledge towards all the materials that we're using? Are they really reaching out to you guys and talking to you guys in depth? Because I don't, I didn't see it in the beginning. I didn't see it 15 years ago. It's it, right now. It's a spectrum. Um, it, you, some people, yes, they're very eager to learn about what we have because they're putting it on higher end homes or you know their own builds or they have a very small business where they do 20 houses a year, so they want the high quality stuff. Those, yeah, those guys, they're you know they're hungry for that knowledge. And then on the opposite end of that, it's the people are just doing subdivisions and spec homes where they're not concerned, you know? So that's, like I said, it, it's a, it's a full spectrum of a landscape, which when you think about it, it isn't, it isn't a black and white on and off switch thing where we release this product and everyone wants it. No, no. We know that it's going to, it's going to take some adoption time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and the way, the way I kind of frame it up as a, um, someone that develops these products is I I'm a very metaphorical person or I always need to find some kind of frame of reference to help make my world make sense. And one thing that I've been thinking about recently was whenever the iPhone was released, I think like 15 years ago, 2009, yeah. 2008 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, half of the people didn't have it. Half the people thought it was too expensive, blah, 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 blah. And you knew that adoption was, going to be difficult but then look five years later look 10 years later now look 15 every single person has an iphone and you have to think in terms of adoption and people wanting it and people interested in how to use it that older generation didn't want an iphone at all they you know you heard the the spiel where it's i just need something to make calls that has yep. the numbers on it and that's it and we're like okay cool whatever and now they're they're first in line to be playing Candy Crush and they're on yep. the Facebook and all of that, yep. you know. They're using so, it. They're using what they, they can learn. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. And, and, and it's it's people like Apple where they they look at that and say, okay, how do we make this more simple? How do we make this more digestible so we can grow that adoption? So finding that point of reference for me makes my job easier because then I can kind of place myself in that state of mind and figure, okay, it's a spectrum with the builders right now. We have some people that are eager to learn it and are excited about this. And then we have those people that we, you know, need to need to wrap our arms around a little more, develop more resources around it and make new building products a little bit more digestible for them. So, I mean, you guys have a big task. I mean, LP is not a small fish in, in the whole scheme of things, right? And you're yeah. dealing with all of America, um, but you're also dealing with four different seasons, so you're dealing with the extremes of one end to the other end. You're dealing with millions of different kinds of builders. How are you guys already 
forecasting the next 10 years of construction. I, I think in the last 10 years, construction has dramatically evolved compared to, I guess, the, the 50 years before that. And now it's moving a lot faster. It's finally catching up to technology. And I'm sure that you guys internally, and, and you can't share this, but I mean, if there's some insight that you can share, what are you guys looking out forward into, into the future? 10 years from now, what's, what's the construction landscape going to be? Are people going to get more savvy to building their homes better because they're going to want to plant roots for longer is that the idea that's going on right now yeah absolutely the the way that we tackle innovation at lp is um it's a solution right but it's a solution to a problem so we do a lot of work on understanding those problems and we attack it from a pillar standpoint and that's what we try and forecast and foresee down the road is, okay, we know that um, energy is going to be an issue. So that's one pillar that we try and figure out. Then we know um, moisture is has been an issue that's not going away anytime soon. So that's something that we figure out. And then we have a third pillar for stuff that's um, fire, wildfires, or um, anything that's code-driven. So you can kind of see the way we set it up is we look at those problems and then we fill in those gaps for solutions. So thinking 10 years down the road, that's that, those are the things that aren't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out, it, out of those, it's, not, it's not like in five years, people are going to say, okay, energy savings is no, not a thing anymore. No, that's not going to disappear anytime soon. I think that would probably be the one that's always going to be number one versus number two, three. But I guess energy fights with, with weather, which is basically wa water, but also fire is another issue as well, too. Um, so, I mean, what are we doing, I guess, when it comes to energy efficiency and trying to build better? And, and I get it's that early adoption with the tradespeople trying to figure out a different tool or a different t technique for their building. Right. And it's Technique, hard to tell those. Yeah. Techniques are really. So it's like it's hard to tell an old dog. And I'm not saying that they're all old dogs, but it's your young tradesperson is only as good as the older tradesperson that taught them. And they pick yeah. up the same kind of quirks or positive negative. Right. So yep. it's being passed down. Hopefully they're also sitting down going, wait a minute. What if we tried this? Right. So mm -hmm. energy, I, I totally agree with you, is a, is a huge one. So what kinds of things can you share that are we going to look at? Or are we currently doing that? We're going to try to expand and even create more for energy on, on a building platform. Um, I'll speak to the stuff that we we currently have on the market, and that is our Novacore thermal insulated sheathing. And that that addresses, I guess, kind of a technique where it's um, continuous insulation that addresses thermal bridging. Those are those are two terms where if you're not really familiar with it, that can you know that can scare you from a builder standpoint. Where it's like, what, what the heck is he talking about? Well, it's so code we for us here, right? So we have to have we have to have it now. Gone are the yep. days that we can only put OSB or any kind of sheathing on the exterior. We have to actually have that insulation on the exterior now. That's in exactly and not to beat a dead horse, but that, that totally brings it back to my point about when the iPhone was introduced then, you know what I mean? It's now it's, you know, having something like this is you have to have it yes. now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's not a nice to have, it's a need to have. And that's something that we at LP are continuously trying to understand is what is currently a nice to have that we know is transforming into a need to have. And Novacore yeah. is a great example of that concept. Um, but beyond that, we also have the tech shield, which is going to be the radiant barrier roof sheathing. 
Okay. So it's OSB, and then it's a layer of radium barrier, kind of thing like foil. Okay. Um, <clears throat> on the bottom of it, what you do is you install on your roof with the foam facing downwards, and that's just going to help lower attic temperatures. So a good way to um, kind of explain without showing you is at IBS, at our booth, uh, we have a kind of like a mock roof built in this box, and we have a heater in it. And on one side of the roof is tech shield, and then we have a wall, and then the other side is just standard um, sheathing. Roof right. sheathing, yeah. yeah. And we have temperature gauges in both of them, and you can see the temperature difference between both sections. What's so. the t- well, how much of a difference are we talking about? Like double digits, or uh, I don't want to misspeak. I, I don't know. Off the okay, top of but there is a difference. You feel it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, if if we weren't able to kind of put our money where our mouth is, we wouldn't have something like that on display in front of thousands and thousands of people. And it's really interesting that something as, I guess we look at it now, simple, that is creating such a, a, a dramatic difference, right? For for And that's cooling the house. That's keeping the house cool, which in turn reduces your energy consumption, reduces your energy bills. So it's very mm-hmm. important at that point. So I mean, how thick is that product? Is that the same thing as the actual Nova? Uh, TechShield? No, it's it's... It's just going to be that thin layer. Oh, it's just a thin. Oh, that's all it is, eh? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like I said, simple, simple but effective is a an easy way to show our products. Wow. What else you guys are doing? What else you guys have? Um, from an energy standpoint, yeah. or no energy. Um, those we we have a lot of things in the works. Um, it's not like we're releasing something and then you know, stopping. We we're constantly thinking of new ideas and testing things in the field, but it's, we're always chasing after that simplicity aspect as well. So that's kind of the true tell and, you know, where uh, we decide what we release. But um, those are the, those, like I said, those are the two things that I'd like to speak to yep. for now. Yeah. And cause it, it takes, it takes years of collaboration and, um, you know, talking to people at IBS, gauging the market, figuring it out. And with Novacore in general, we collaborated with a leader in insulation in the country, and that's Owens Corning. Yep. They've been great collaborators on this product. So that's, like I said, if you if you ask me about our shining star for energy, the energy pillar, it's uh, it's Novacore and the collaboration with Working Owens with Owens. Yeah. Are, do you guys see, I'm, I'm assuming that when you start developing a new product like these two products, you start speaking early on to the tradespeople. You start trying to get an idea from them. Are you going to like this? Are you going to want to cut it? Are you going to need to get a new tool? Like things like that. Yes. This is kind of a more of a, um, in my opinion, a, a little bit more mundane, not mundane, but an unsexy part of my job is it's so much market research that we pump into before we even really get prototypes going. It's, it is asking the market, um, you know, what do you guys like to see? Cool. And then they give us concepts. Okay. If we're doing this concept, how do you want it to look? What thickness? Um, we do everything from, uh, price points to application to, um, different iterations of it. There's, we do the full spectrum of testing and asking builders and all of that for a long time before we even get a physical sample in our hands. It's good to hear that because I wish government would do that, but that's a different argument. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to cross it. But the thing is, uh, it's good that you guys are doing that because whenever I've had a problem, 
I go speak to that specific trade and I have a conversation with them. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, that, that just makes sense to me at that point. Um, when you guys are developing these new products and you've got people, I guess you're getting a connection, a marriage, so to speak, I guess, of, of science people and then contractors and trying to put the two together. Mm-hmm. Is that an easy task or is that a difficult task to do that? Uh, for us to it, understand the science and for them to understand the construction. It, it, it depends. Um, I think one exciting thing with LP is we have a, we do a really good job at uh, recruiting charismatic talent. I don't know if you've spoken to him yet, but I know you are, is Neil Friedberg. Yeah, we just thought, yeah, it was a great conversation with him. Yeah, for sure. So Neil and I worked hand in hand for about two years on Novacore. And Neil's one of those guys where it's his brain is just ginormous and he's constantly firing on all cylinders. Um, And he's one of those guys that just knows the science of it, the dirty details of it. But also I've seen him out in the field when we were shooting the Novacore videos. um, Not only was he the on-camera person that I had talking about this product, but then when the cameras weren't off, he was turning around talking to the framers and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff like this. Yeah. And he just makes it so effortless. And you can just it's it's kind of, you know, it's boiling it down to it's the charisma point where they you could just tell the framers are at ease with someone. And he he has a social awareness to flip the script from something highly technical to something. Yeah easily digestible yeah. in the field no less which yeah. is a true talent i totally got that when we were talking with him i totally got the sense that he he's not afraid of a job site he's not afraid to get there and get dirty and get into the mud and understand how and why this product works you know and it's, why you need it it's it like i said we so we did the Novacore videos earlier this year and it's in the middle of may hotter than ever and he's he's killing it there And then about a month ago, we shot, we just uh, launched a different product, a product accessory for our weather logic panel. It's like a sealant. And I asked Neil to do do the videos again. And um, you could watch it on YouTube, but what's he he kills it? It's it's another very technical product, but whenever you watch the video, you could just tell it it's easy and it's more you kind of feel comfortable and confident using this sealant that we just released. Yeah, I think he mentioned that it's a caulking, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I, I told you earlier, I have to have a point of reference for me to make it make sense. Whenever I saw this product for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is basically like cake icing for a house where (laughs) it just comes in a tube, you squirt over panels and smear it on and let it dry. And I'm like, that- that That's all you got to do and that's creating a weather tight seal? Yeah, for for a variety of um, protrusions, it's- like I said, I would highly encourage you to go watch that video that we shot because he just he he makes it look so simple. Sealing corners, sealing the seams, doing a window. There's a pipe sticking out. He does that. And he makes it seem simple because it is. Yeah. But us internally, when we're working through the science of it, I'm like, how the heck are we going to make this, you know, easy to learn and easy to pick cool. up on the field? Cool looking for the tradespeople to use, to want to use. Yeah, exactly. Easy, easy and they want to. And it's it, like I said, it puts confidence in the hands of the people that are using our customers. Am I, um, Chris, I wanted to get an idea. Am I fair to say that a lot of, I guess, innovative things that we would see in a custom resi or track building is kind of getting filtered down from commercial construction? Like, I guess, smaller or simpler versions of it. 
is that because I've seen a lot of products, I've seen a lot of stuff come from that commercial uh, industry and then get filtered right down to mostly custom, not so much track building. I I will say I've never really thought about it like that, where uh, deductions the wrong word, but a you know a a different version yes. of the commercial being to residential. I've never thought about it that way, but I I wouldn't say that you're wrong in that. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to that argument that I said about the nice to have versus a need to have. You know. Yeah. Where it's 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 kind of up to the homeowner on on the preference that they want in the bones of the house that they're building, you know, commercial it's, you need to have it. And with the residential it's, do you want this? Yeah. That's that, that's the easiest way that I can say that. How much does um, the homeowner get involved? Cause I know, and I've mentioned this several times, it's not the sexy part of construction. It's def- definitely not the sexy part of your custom made home that you want to spend the rest of your life in, or you want to like just sell in a few years or whatever it is. But do they get involved? Are they inquiring about this? Are you guys getting people, homeowners reaching out going, I want to make the best possible home and what do you guys have? Uh, I can speak to it from the structural solutions side, you know, the sheathing side of us. Um, the the side of LP that makes siding, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I would assume that homeowners get more involved in the preference of what they're siding the actual yeah outside of their house looks like but um but the cool products to me like the sheathing like the yeah yeah, foil, yeah. like the, that's that, all uh, cool products to me as much as i also think siding and other kinds of finish is cool i still think that other stuff is cool oh I, i'm right there with you yeah. um i think i think it's it goes back to that spectrum thing where it's what what kind of builder are you looking at is it the ones that are making a few homes a year then i think there is more of a discussion on you know, what kind of subfloor do you want? Um, do you want a insulated panel or do you want a WRB type panel? Um, my buddy, I'm originally from the St. Louis area and my buddy just built his quote unquote forever home six months ago. And I was home and I visited him and it was just the foundation at that point. And he's asking me all these questions where he's like, do we want this floor or this subfloor? What do we put on the walls? They said they want to put this on there. And I just walked it through him. And I think that's, like I said, that's something that we need to help uh, these custom builders easily relay the benefits of it. Where I, I was like, you want the premium sub floor. You don't want the squeaking. You want the moisture resistance. It's going to last. It, it's going to last forever there. I was like, that's something there. I was like, if I were you, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compromise on. And he's like, okay, cool. And it's, it's just little things like that because the custom builder is giving you those options, but sometimes they don't know how to relay it. And then on the other end, you have a national builder where these guys are building homes two years in advance from a planning standpoint, you know, and that's where it's kind of more of a turnkey. Yeah. Where someone's going to buy one of these homes and they're just going to say, it's pretty, it's in a good neighborhood. It's, you know, it's, it looks it looks like my forever home and that it goes from there but he wasn't asking you if i i mean if i if i had you on my job site he wasn't asking about what kind of sill gasket to use what kind of caulking to use here what kind of membrane to use here he wasn't asking you any of that kind of stuff if he's at my buddy yeah 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 in st louis yeah in st louis there oh yeah oh yeah he was asking okay okay i wanted to make sure that he was still asking about all that stuff too 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, there's there's some things I'll be the first to admit where it's I'm not, I'm not an expert on that uh, electrical stuff. All of that, no, not not my not my forte. But I I could help them in regards to cladding and all of that. So I I can't wait to go back over Thanksgiving and see because I'm and pretty sure yeah. his family are moving and I'm pretty sure it's done. So. Can you, um, I, I'm wondering if you can actually share, if you know the information, when it comes to the OSB, the sheathing, and the Nova board, um, the Nova core board, what's the structural on that? Because that's actually contributing. You're still framing, stick framing the whole house, but you're applying that, and that's contributing to a stronger structure of the house, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's you, that's the whole reason why we have the OSB attached to it. Yeah. You know, because there, there's other products out there where um, it's, foam attached to a different type of substrate but it, it's lp we're we're known to have strong osb that like i said makes a stronger house and really provides that structure um it's the same store here it's we're provide we already have that high quality substrate that's why we partnered with owens corning too because we wanted to have that high quality foam attached to it and Neil could probably speak way more to. No, we chatted a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't speak to him about the structural point. We talked about more the uh, the efficiency, the the energy point of it. Yeah. Yeah. He he really led the charge on all of that, making sure that um, it, by the time we put it on that house where we did those videos, all of us were confident that it was gonna it was gonna hold up well. Nice. All right, so Chris, I want to take a little bit of history and construction here, actually talking about insulation. Uh, the ancient Egyptians and Nordic cultures used mud, bricks, and plaster to keep their buildings cool. We're going way back a decade mm-hmm. or two. No, this is <laughs> centuries, man. Ancient Greeks discovered and used asbestos. That's nice. And uh, it's uh, named inextinguishable since it was resistant to fire. Uh, tapestries were hung on walls and between doorways in Middle Ages to absorb dampness and block drafts. I didn't know that one. Uh, asbestos gained popularity during the Industrial Revolution to wrap steam pipes, which we all, radiant homes and boiler, uh, it was always wrapped in asbestos pipe and uh, ships as well, too. Um, in 1930s, fiberglass was invented. Uh, researcher Dale Kleist uh, attempted to create a vacuum seal between two glass blocks and the high pressured uh, air turned uh, some of the glass into thin fibers and that's where we start getting fiberglass insulation uh, fiberglass insulation became popular in the 40s cellulose insulation was invented in the 50s but it wasn't until the 70s that it was able to be made more fire retardant and was used from them on and then we have poly spray uh, foam polyurethane Polyurethane spray foam insulation was invented by the military in the 40s, but didn't become available to the public until the 80s. It became very popular since it expanded and could fill divots and corners. Um, what are you, are you seeing? Uh, is there a cross section with America on t- different types of insulation that they're liking? Is there out west? Are they preferring this? Out east? Are they preferring that? Central? They're preferring what? Um. Not that my brain still, you just spit off a bunch of facts. That I had to go <laughs> but also now in the back of my head, I'm like, what was the military doing with spray polyurethane foam in 19? I don't, I don't ask those kinds of questions. I don't, uh, cause then we'll get a knock on the door. But I mean, it makes you wonder yeah. that, well, I mean, computers and everything, like a lot of stuff came from military technology and they were like trying things and yeah. then it gets filtered down, right? To, to what well, we, wasn't it, I'm trying to think, wasn't there, um, 
was it super glue was originally invented for wounds i think yeah i think so like, and then the same thing with duct tape like duct tape wasn't invented was invented for something completely different too and nobody and, i know uses it for ducks right yeah yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> they use it for, no it's true it doesn't matter where it, well i could go on and on post-it notes everything everything's always you try one thing for one thing it doesn't work out but it's applicable for something else so yeah i can, I can yeah. only yeah and, i mean i'm always fascinated by construction history where things came from and how it all got started and how far back it goes and all came, sometimes it's happy accidents yeah that's exactly it's, it it's so it's so strange um i mean even like we all know what asbestos is now but when they were using it you know back then there was there was a different thing that i saw recently where um and i'll answer your question here in a second but <laughs> it was in the wizard of oz there was a rumor the snowflakes yeah yeah the snow yep. went before they get to the city that was all um, asbestos asbestos so like you've got to be kidding me and the dude that played the tin man wasn't the original guy for the tin man because they put metal makeup on his face yeah. and he had like almost yeah. died uh, i know i know so you can't watch the movie again knowing all this stuff that was going on going okay so i'm watching people literally die right in front of me <laughs> well, no, the, the, that one scene where the witch set herself on fire but the girl that played the witch actually had third degree birds on her face oh, i didn't know that one okay it's yeah, just... like what a what a violent movie for something that's so <laughs> but anyway getting back to that uh preference of insulation um Short answer is no. I, it's it's kind of kind of like the thing um, where people have been using it for decades. It's just adopted, and that's that's what's in in the country. And I can say, yeah, we're starting to slowly see the transition over to the insulated sheathing that sheets of the um, you know our product Novacore or the pink board. That's what everything's going to because it's addressing what I mentioned earlier. The um, thermal bridging and the continuous insulation concept but what you pretty much see now is the bat insulation in between the studs okay that r13 fiberglass bat bat um insulation that you can get at any big box store home depot lowe's menards things like that well it's good to see that i mean thermal bridging's become part of the conversation now it wasn't that way 10 years ago you only spoke with certain people like people like neil that you would actually have a conversation about thermal bridging and trying to understand what all works but i mean people have been discussing and building techniques since the 70s they they understood yeah. that that's how it worked and then it needed you needed to stop that so there was a, a way to do it but now it's it's, it's as common as nails you're just like it's just part of that conversation now it's 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 kind of it brings it back to that iphone thing where the more time goes on the more people are more comfortable with it and they can sit with that concept in their mind and it makes it more simple i don't know if neil did neil bring up the uh the jacket cooler ribs metaphor no. thing no metaphor? no so one of the easiest ways that he explained the concept of thermal bridging without showing me piles and piles of pdfs of data um was if you think about it when it's cold outside and you want to stay warm when you go outside and it's cold. Do you just rely on the meat in between your bones to keep you warm? No. no. You put a jacket on top yeah. of it. Yeah. And and once again, your heat, your body's going to radiate that heat into the jacket and bring it back to you. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, a, it's common sense. So think of that in terms of the house where yes. you have the ribs are the studs and then the insulation is going to be the meat in between that heat's still going to escape 
through the studs. And that's the same concept of what we're trying to achieve with continuous insulation is Nova Corps kind of like putting a jacket on your house. So when that heat does transfer through the studs, it doubles back. Um, once it hits that XPS yep. foam, it doubles back and brings it back into the house. It stays in the house. You're not wasting energy. It's not, I mean, it's, that's how the older homes were, but they were designed that way to breathe, to escape. But you were also dealing with thicker walls. You were dealing with a, a fire source for either cooking or for fireplace for warmth. So that mm -hmm. just, you know, it retained. Everything was made out of stone. So then it would just retain the heat as well, too. It was different. Yeah. It was completely different. Yeah. Every, especially after I started working with LP and kind of wrapping my head around this industry and the issues and all of that, every time I'd go back to my parents' house, it, it's interesting to look at and at the same time, it scares me for what's coming in the future with my brother and I, for what we have, we're going to have to do to that house because my grandpa uh, built it by himself. And then my mom grew up in it. How far back are we going? Uh, I think the house is approaching 75, almost 80 years okay. old. Okay. And it's, it's definitely been a, it was, it was a garage. Then it was a garage and a breezeway in a basement. And then they'd add bedrooms and it's, it's beautiful, beautiful house very well done i will say that but it's you could you could tell if if you pay attention it's a yours mine and ours thing but um my grandpa built it all and the ironic thing is if you go in the basement um he's a world war ii vet uh all of that I actually got a picture of him is that right him there here. in the cowboy hat oh nice yeah. what was his name Edmund. Edmund. And he's yeah. flipping the bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Drinking a beer, cowboy hat, everything. But um, he's, he's a World War II vet, and he worked on the Air Force Base in St. Louis. And uh, his job, I don't know exactly what it was, but if you go in my parents' house now, and you go in the laundry room in the basement, and you look up, all the floor joists and everything are a metallic, lead-based, silver paint. And the reason why they are that is because when he was at the Air Force Base, he took the paint that they used to that paint That they're planes. using on the actual, and he was and he, painting and he that? Yeah. And I, <laughs> oh, I agree. I'm like, so when I tell you I get scared at some point. Yeah, I, I can like, imagine. I don't even know. How, and, yeah, how are you going to, you can't. You can't, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, yeah, you, that, you can't make really it go that. airborne. Chris, you can't make it go airborne. It's got to either remove it nicely uh, or leave it. It, well, and it's it's definitely being it's been left alone for seventy plus years now. But um, I was wow. looking at it when I was home this summer, and I'm like, this is kind of reflective. And then in the back of my brain, I'm like, is this kind of doing the same thing that Tech Shield is doing that radiant barrier because it is a metallic coating that would retain heat. So in theory, if it the is. basements, yeah, if the basements cooler than the first floor is, all of that cool air is there's a chance that it could be getting trapped within that paint and just radiating there. It is not going to, yeah, it you is. know, that's interesting. Yeah. But and don't, don't even get me started. No, in, but it's in, still lead paint though. Right. That's the thing about it. That's yeah. Yeah. It's a little dangerous, but yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's little things in that throughout that house that I'm, I, I know next month when I come home, I'm going to have to climb in the attic and get the Christmas tree down and I already know what it looks like. I don't know what type of insulation they have in there. I know what it looks like, but I, I'm almost like too nervous to ask and figure out what it is. But did he paint the underside of the rafters there? No, no, no. That, that is wasn't. just a lot of nails and hardwood. Okay, that is it. Yeah. And he built it so, by hand. 
Yep. Wow. Good for him. Yep. Yep. All, all brick and uh, all of that. And then my parents, when I, when I was a baby, they added, they added like one more room and all of that. But the, the fun thing though is, um, so I mentioned how my grandpa used to work on airplanes at the base. My mom out of college worked for uh, Boeing. Okay. And on a lot of their fighter jet products and whatnot. Um, and some of some of uh, some Boeing checks came in over the past few years, and they put a pool in the backyard. They've been working on this for about eighteen months now. Gorgeous, beautiful pool, and like clockwork, we're getting ready to do the testing for Novacore on certain houses and stuff. And I'm getting the biggest guilt trip ever about why. I can't provide the sheathing to <laughs> to my mom at no cost to build this pool house that they're doing now too. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, Bob, you got to be kidding me! Like, I can't do that. That is such a conflict of interest. So I, I I can't do that. But what they did end up doing was use our smart side product okay. on the pool house, and it's it's a beautiful white born batten, and it's it's cool to see now where you know I have the house that I grew up in. I'm a little mad that. They waited until I moved out and all of this to build a brand new pool and a second house and whatnot. But it's 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 a gorgeous site in the backyard now too. You can all use right. the pool when you're removing all the lead silver paint or <laughs> remodeling yeah. the main house or what's going on. You can take a break there. Yes, yes, <laughs> it, it, exactly. And I I will say when they they built the bones of it and finished the house this summer, I definitely had opinions on all of that. I mean, obviously, they, they I think they wanted they wanted some other type of cladding. And it was interesting and weird for me to put my foot down. My parents would be like, no, you need to build it with SmartSide because <laughs> I'm like, I've seen dad use a weed whacker before. I don't want to hear you complaining about a rock going through the wall or something like that. I was like, once again, we prove it. I've shown videos of our smart side. I was like, it's just going to bounce off me. Don't have to worry about it. So. it. It makes me think, Chris, about LP and... Um... You guys, I mean, America has a, you guys have a lot more older homes than we do here in Canada. We're constantly building new homes. Um, and that's just how we are. We tear it down and build a new one. That's their solution for home building. But in America, you guys keep a lot of the older homes. Does LP pay attention to all the different styles of homes and how they were built and pay attention to how it evolves and then take that information to all the products today? Absolutely. The we will segment our business into different buckets. Um, so I mentioned how we address solutions, fire, moisture, yeah. energy, blah, blah, blah. We also have to address our customers that way. So you mentioned we have the commercial buildings, we have the multifamily apartment complexes, things like that, the residentials, and even that's a custom home build all the way down to kind of a spec home. There's a spectrum there in itself. We have sheds. Um and then one other part is the whole renovation market. You know, we have a team of people at LP solely focused on that. How do we market to those uh, renovation type people? What types of products are they looking for? What areas of the country do they need this? Is it a, you know, is it more of a um, flooring type project or whatever? It's We have sales teams, marketing people, um, growth and innovation people all working on projects just to address that existing 
existing home market. Yeah, because can it's it's ever evolving, right? So even when you solve one problem, or if there's just a remodel of an extension or a part, or it's another floor or whatever, but then you have to figure out how do we tie in the new with all the old, and how do we make it so then the whole house is an actual proper home yep. at that time, right? Those are all challenges that come across your board, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I can't I can't speak in detail about that, but it's it's certainly things at the forefront of my team's mind is, you know, if, if it's a new build, we can make a really energy efficient house. That's great. We, we have that on. That's too easy, Chris. That's way yeah, too easy. It, Come on. It, you want a challenge. And <laughs> it, it, that's that's what we deal with now is, OK, what about someone that's adding a sunroom or redoing a certain part of their house? How do we bring something that was built in the 40s and the 50s up to today's standards? And that's where my job gets more difficult is figuring out that kind of stuff. How do we go about asking the market what, you know, because um, the science is there, the products are there. Neil, Neil can speak about that till the cows come home. But it's us where we figure out, okay, how do we how do we sell it at the right price point to the people where they feel confident that they can install it. And us at LP are confident that, that we achieved what we set out to do in that house, whether it is an energy thing or moisture or a combination of both or anything like that. That's that's where it gets really difficult from a uh, growth and innovation standpoint. So Chris, if you were building your own home and, and you're tackling it, how would you start the process? How would you... I mean, because I'm assuming that, you know, outside of the architect and the designer, you've got some ideas of where to begin and where to end. Well, um, hmm. I'll say this. So I currently own a condo in Nashville and mine is all built from it's a majority of concrete and glass and sheetrock. I love so, Nashville, by the way. I just, you guys have those little, um, what do you call them? The bar, uh, the bar carts or whatever. What pedal, they... pedal taverns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's, 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 that's year probably... round, right? That's year round. It oh, does it, yeah. or actually they're, they don't stop. Like they just keep on going. Yep. I... That, that is, that's, that's pretty much a <laughs> cultural staple for us. And ironically enough, um, I mean, we, we, we see them yes. constantly, yes. constantly. And us at LP just moved into a brand new office and we're probably about two blocks away from where that, that Mecca is. Yes, where you yes. <laughs> so you guys hear the hum. It's just, it's nearby, but it's a beautiful town, beautiful town. I love it's, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I absolutely love it too. I've been, like I said, I've LP's the reason why I was able to move down here. I've loved Nashville since I was 18 and it just kind of worked out perfectly for me where, you know, I found LP, LP brought me down here. It's been perfect ever since. But the ironic thing was we had a, uh, we had a tornado almost three years ago. Okay. And it blew through a majority of Nashville and it destroyed everything in its path. And unfortunately one area that it blew through was my first apartment complex. So it, if you went on CNN and you saw the headline for um, the tornado in Nashville, it was my complex because an entire chunk of the building completely Whoa. wiped away where it looks like someone took a bite out of it. Wow. And that was, I mean, granted, I was dealing with a lot at that time. A lot of stuff was happening for me, 
But some of the things that do stick out were these chunks of building products everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was in a different setting. It would have been cool for me to see this, but you know, it, at but that was my place. Period, yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of just made me sick. And um, so that's why I found, I found this place that I now own. But when you talk about forever homes and how I build it now, seeing what, what East Nashville was built out of, and what survived and all of that, I've kind of framed it up where for me, I know that I'm 99% positive I'm never leaving Nashville. I also know that I'm, I grew up in an old house. I said that earlier. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you've got a love for me, those older homes. Yeah to, yeah. to me, it has so much more character. So when you ask me how I would kind of develop my forever home, best case scenario, I... I buy one of these beautiful old homes that did survive that tornado a few blocks that way. You know, um, a few of my buddies already own, own some of them and they're gorgeous. But what I would do is to that R and R standpoint. Um, so I would make sure for me, number one is making sure that the moisture part is addressed. Um, energy. Yeah. We know energy efficient is coming, but I want to make sure that that house is, sealed from a moisture standpoint. So I'm going to be looking at the walls. I'm going to be certainly looking at the roof. I'm going to be looking at where the roof and the walls meet. That's going to be priority number one. Next, it's, it is addressing, addressing the flooring part. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I don't like to hear squeaks in my floor. Most of these houses have hardwood floors. Um, I want to know what that looks like. For all I know, it could be the same scenario that my parents have where there's airplane paint under it yeah you know so that's going to be the other part that i address and then i will say given my role given my expertise i'm gonna i'll figure out the energy part when i get to that point of buying a house like that because it is ever evolving and i truly don't think that we have hit you know the pinnacle or the peak of where these products are going to be and um what's available in the r, &R market I really do think it's still at a very ground level point in the industry. So by the time they do have that house, there's, I'm sure there's going to be products that are available that don't even exist yet that are just I agree. an yeah. idea in the back of people like Neil and I's brain. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I guess um, lately I, I've been having a lot of respect for the HVAC crews because now you can actually control quite a bit the temperature of a home I guess homeowners and also tradespeople have a better understanding of how to control it. So we all know that it's a classic that the basement is always the coldest and then the main floor is one temperature and then depending on the season, the top floor would be either hot or cold, right? But now we're able to put sensors on each of these floors and get a better understanding of why those floors are different in temperature when reality, each floor should be within a degree or two. You know, and mm -hmm. that's where your home should be. So now I think homeowners and tradespeople, like I said, they have an understanding of how to change that. So you're getting a property, and I agree with you. I'm in the same mindset. Get an older place. It's already got its strong bones. And then just figure out how to make it weather tight, how to make yep. it energy efficient, and then build it from there. The last decorative component, all the bells and whistles and the jewelry of the home, so to speak, that's the last on the list. You have to figure out everything else before then. Otherwise, you won't benefit from all that jewelry. You won't understand it or appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to think of, there was something over the past two weeks where we were, yeah, I was in a meeting with a um, home builder 
and they were talking about our siding and uh, what our siding looks like and da, da 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 and they're talking about trends what what we see houses looking like from an architectural design standpoint and the only thing that was repeatedly going through in the back of my head is preferences change preferences change preferences change and I'm a very timeless type of person where anytime I buy furniture or anything that you know is going to cost more than a financial decision that you probably need to think through, I immediately think, is this going to look dated in five years? So when you talk about jewelry and fancy stuff, for me, I know if I'm spending time and effort and uh, money into something that I want to get joy out of, i.e. my forever home, I want to make sure that it's something timeless. And I want to make sure that that isn't going to be compromised by a moisture issue or um, anything like that structurally where it would damage the integrity, meaning the floor starts bowing in, or like I said, you start seeing mold in the ceiling because your chimney wasn't sealed properly. And it brings me to designers and architects, and I'm not saying this as a negative, but I just feel that tradespeople in general are a lot more welcoming to making that home a forever home or wanting to build it with certain techniques. I can't speak for the architects. You guys probably speak to architects and designers a lot more, but I know that designers want that jewelry and that finished stuff forefront. That's what they enjoy. They're not constantly thinking about inside. I call it the inside of the cavity of the wall. They don't understand yep. the, uh, you know, once that other side of drywall, it's not their domain. It becomes a different yep. world to them, right? For the majority yep. of them is what I'm, I'm not trying to generalize all the designers out there. But I mean, are you seeing the architects and designers kind of embracing this mentality where it's like we need to kind of focus on these things? Otherwise, like you said, it's going to start to fail. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never in a million years thought that when I started my role at LP that um, a huge load of work when I would launch an insulated sheathing was having meetings with architects and getting them, speaking to them in a confident manner that gets them comfortable with using this product, you know, because they already understand the science of it fine, but it's, it's almost like they want to do a gut check talking to me, making sure that you know, they, they, they can use this product, you know, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but no, that, yeah, no, I because I, I don't, I only get a chance to speak to architects and designer, like uh, hardly ever, hardly ever. I'm always talk, constantly talking to tradespeople. Um, so I'm always picking their brain, trying to figure it out. But when I do have an architect or I do have an engineer or I do have a designer on site, I'm going to pick, I'm going to ask, I'm going to inquire. And, I, and it won't be a conversation about architectural lines. And it won't be a conversation about where to put the rug. It won't be about those things. It's going to be about the home. Are we understanding the home? Yeah. And it's, in my experience, if you approach conversations like that from, first of all, not a defensive standpoint. Yeah. You don't want to tell them what the product no, is. No. You're, Open you're, conversation. Yes. Yeah. Because here's the thing is we can go into it with confidence because, as I said, we've spent years and years and years of development on this product. We can speak to the intent of what we put out. That's fine. We're just there to address the concerns of the person we're talking with. And once we address those concerns, it's pure collaboration. Yes, We're, we're collaborating with these architects on, okay, well, I normally build these types of houses. What would you recommend for that? And that's that's the heart of how we can build that confidence in the field is that open collaboration with people like architects, because it isn't, it shouldn't be an argument or, you know, an exchange of dialogue. It should be a conversation driving forward. How can we adapt? 
I, I love you know. that you said a collaboration because that's that's exactly it. There's no, I don't know anybody out there that can build a home from from scratch from the beginning to the end all by themselves, right? You have to work with other people to make this happen to make it a reality, right? So mm -hmm. it's and that includes the designers and the architects as well too. So yeah, and it's it, it goes back to what I said about LP hiring, you know, the charismatic, uh, competent and capable people is we're open to that collaboration. Some there, We'll be honest with you, we don't have it all figured out, but I can tell you what we can do is we can figure it out on the fly and come to a solution if need be, you know? I wanna share some uh, building code. So this is our, our Ontario building code, OBC, Ontario Climate Zone. So you, you got nice sunny weather down there in Tennis or in Nashville, sorry. So I know, mm -hmm. I know, I know. Yeah. You guys never see snow or do you know, you know, you see, rarely yeah rarely. As, as often as vegas might see snow yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's funny because where i grew up you know we we got snow in st louis all the time yes uh, and then when i went to college it was closer to chicago and you'd walk in a foot i sound like an old cold man, snow like, by the way in, in st louis and chicago cold snow dry flat plain snow with the I, wind i've and been we'd be walking to class in sweatpants and yeah, it's nothing yeah, it's cold so <laughs> It's fun whenever the city shuts down. Nashville will shut down at the threat of a quarter inch of frost. And it's just so entertaining because half of these people are just terrified to drive in anything remotely close to that type of weather. They just don't know how to do it, huh? That's interesting. No. Uh, zone comparisons. So we're actually going to compare some zones here. So zone five is uh, no HRV in zone five. Highest ceiling below attic RSI is 8.67, which is an R49. This is all more towards Neil and things like that. Uh, lowest is slab, which is RS1, RSI 1.96, R11, and then the average becomes R24. Zone 8, which I guess is uh, closer to us, well, not as much as us, it's a little colder, uh, would be ceiling attic at R48, lowest below grade is R15, and then the average is R26. Zone 5, again, HRV, um, oh, that's it. How come there's two here? Oh, with or without HRV. That's why. So with the HRV, uh, attic, you've got R39. And then slab, you got R11. That's with an HRV. And then the average is R22. Zone 8, again, with HRV is R59 in attic, R17 below grade. And the average is R30. A little bit of OBC. Uh, so Chris, yeah, at LP underscore pros, LP building solutions. I do love that you guys changed it to solutions now instead of building products. Because mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 We're like I said, we don't want to sell products. We want to sell solutions, something that's going to bring the builders and the homeowners um, a peace of mind rather than a piece of wood. Where do you want to go from here, Chris? Uh, do, what other products you want to share with us? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure how much I can. I can share. We have. I. I like I said, I never expected this type of me to be doing this type of job five years ago. Um, I absolutely love it. And the reason why I love it is because there is something different every single day. We're addressing some kind of problem every single day. Um, we're coming up with ideas every single day. I think there's probably a lot of people in the field that would be very interested to hear the types of conversations that Neil and I have about concepts, ideas, um, different inventions. 
we did we had something happen yesterday where we kind of invented something um two weeks ago we neil and i were prepping for a different meeting and we came up with something completely different okay and it's like i said it's i i wish i could i'd i can say more but there's um just the constant flow of ideas and all of that it's so cool for what we have we have a uh, cooking up but um maybe reach out to the military to- and give it to the military and then they can release it about 40 years from now you <laughs> The, the, the amount of times that we will look at external things like that and just get inspiration. It's cool. It's neat. No, totally. um, there, there's, there was something we, cause the way LP works is we have basically kind of a um, idea bucket or any, anything we will take anything and everything, put it in there and give us all your ideas because then my team can look at it and kind of frame it up and organize and be like, wait, this doesn't work by itself, but it could work with, a different thing that someone came up with three years ago and boom, you have, you have a good product, but, um, so, so yeah, I was, wa- sorry, go ahead. I was washing my dishes, I think like a year ago or two years ago. And I was doing something that I'm looking at what I was washing my dishes with. And I'm like, hold on a second. Cause I was like, the way this is working right now could solve the problem that I heard on a call two days ago with one of the builders saying, Oh, we're running into this issue in the field. And boom, we, I, I typed it into an idea four minutes in that bucket. Like what I said. So nice. Chris, I wanted to ask you, um, are there parts of the home right now in today's home that you guys are still problem solving, trying to figure out new ideas? Uh, cause that, like we said, the home is ever evolving. So are there sections of the home right now that you guys are looking at solving those problems? Oh, nothing that we haven't been working on for decades. You know, it's not like we just discovered issues in a garage or issues in a shed or a patio or anything like that. That's always, that's always been on our radar. Um, I will say some interesting things did rise out of COVID where it's the intent of a room in a house. So um, there's more emphasis lately on home offices um, or the mixed use rooms where it's people have their desk on one side of the room and their Peloton on the other where three years ago, that was a spare bedroom that got used once a year. And now all of a sudden it's it's a mixed use because it's all hybrid work environments now. Yeah. So that's more, it's more of the trend for the intent of what people are doing with their homes that we're seeing. Um, is that changing, you know, Chris? Because I'm seeing that people got a little tired of staying at home the whole time and uh, they wanted to get out of it. But I guess, no, a lot of people are still staying home. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, um, we were smacked on the butt a little bit when it happened. From from a trend standpoint, we're like, oh my God, people are really going for this now. You know, yeah, yeah. just these massive renovations. They didn't have anything better to do besides go to Home Depot, get a bucket of paint, some shelves and renovate the room. But still what we're seeing now though, is now that things are returning back to a modicum of normalcy is what does that look like long-term? Yeah. When people are building their homes, now they are going to have that quote unquote mixed use space. So it's kind of, you got me thinking about something where wouldn't it be interesting if you had homeowners that were considering doing a remodel and gutting a house like your your scenario that we talked earlier about and 
instead of taking that five or seven day vacation, stay at home and literally breathe in your home. And what I'm telling you to do is that stay at home to find out what parts of your home don't work. Don't do the purpose of that room and try to get a better understanding because when, and quietly too, I'm not saying it's like stay at home and crank up the tunes and start learning all the dance groups or like that. No, I'm saying stay at home quiet as a mouse and get a feeling of, okay, so the furnace went off or the AC went off or whatever, and try to figure out, well, why is it noisy in this room? Why is it not noisy in this room? Why is there a draft in this room? Why is there like stay at home and basically dissect the home? Well, it's, or put it in a different frame of mind where it's things that you've just gotten used to. Yeah. Um, and you don't even realize that's an issue anymore because you've, you've been around it for 10 years. A, a good example of this is um, my, so my parents renovated, they pretty much gutted a third of the house almost 10 years ago. And um, because once again, preferences change. What we see now is the open concept kitchen, no dining room, blah, 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 blah. My parents originally had a small kitchen, a small dining room, a small living room, box, box, box. So when they redid it, they just blasted all of it away and open concept, put in hardwood floors. Beautiful. But now one thing that my brother said um, was uh, when my mom would get up in the mornings and go to work, she'd get one of these Yeti cups out, right? And she put it in the brand new ice maker. And that thing would sound like a machine gun throughout the entire house because it's hardwood floors and plaster walls now shooting ice into a metal cup. And before we really didn't have that because we had all those walls. So it's kind of things like that where sometimes changes could go the opposite direction, i.e. you wake up at 430 in the morning because you think a bomb's going off. Yeah. And it's just my mom filling up her cup. But um, it's 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 opposite ends of the spectrum or even things like uh, I in high school, I you know, you'd sneak out of the house and I would have my the creeks in the hallway. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Know. Where it's like, I can still think of it where it's a left foot, right foot, right foot, <laughs> left foot to dodge it all. But it's things like what you just said is it's addressing those where you get used to it. You don't notice it, but now it's like, well, let's address the creeks I in know. the hallway. Let's you know, attention so when my it. parents did that renovation, the creeks are gone now, but now you have the ice fiasco every morning. Now, do you guys have products that if you were to fully gut a house and you can't rebuild everything, you got to still keep the walls. Are there products that you guys have that address that can be built, I guess, from the inside out, so to speak? Oh yeah. You can do, I mean, if the floor is creaking, um, you could put our legacy subfloor in there. It's the stuff we worked with Gorilla Glue on where it's just very, very rigid stiff that it's the anti squeak board. That would solve the hallway issue. Um, I mean, you could, we don't have any products for sound, but um, I mean, you could build a thicker wall in between the kitchen and the uh, dining room again, what my parents had, that would address that ice issue and the sound of whatever's happening in the kitchen you can hear across the house now. So it's, there's, like I said, it's the collaboration. We're there, our team's trained, our builders are trained, our cust- we try and keep our customers trained to, have that collaboration. We give them the confidence so they can speak to ideas like this on the fly. And we did all the work up front to know that it's going to work. They just have to go, you know, figure out how to use it in different settings. So outside of IBS and, and I guess market research, and you guys are talking to the trades force, um, how else are we getting this messaging? How else can we get this messaging? Because I mean, 
we have blinders when we're building or, you know, we have that pallet that's here. It's got that material. We start building. When is there an opportunity for you guys to kind of intervene and all of a sudden try this out other than the trade shows? We'll do, uh, we'll do events at lumber yards. Um, it's one of my best friends runs this and I can't even think of the name right now, but, um, it's kind of a trailer that, uh, this is going to bug me and they're going to get so pissed that I didn't remember this, but it's a, it's a product of our trailer or a trailer of our products that just goes around to different lumber yards. And the, those local builders that do focus on that collaboration thing that I spoke of can go and see our products in action. It's a sledgehammer going off of our siding versus our competitors. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that at, at uh, IBS. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that on the road and it's throughout um, at least the States. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in Canada, um, but it's that it's our legacy flooring. That's moisture proof, just dunked in water, just sitting there. You know, it's uh, it's the text shield stuff that I spoke about. All of those examples where we're showing people in the field, not telling people yeah. on that. Um, one of the things with that I, when I was developing Novacore really wanted to push for is putting the knowledge in the builder's hands too. Cause we, we can't always be there, you know? Um, but we looked at it and so far we're getting great feedback, but it's the use of QR codes. That's a weird resurgence that happened in COVID where, uh, you go to a restaurant, they no longer, they still no longer give you paper menus. Yeah, yeah, you just get doing QR, QR code. code. Yeah. To me, I like that better, but I mean, I'm millennial that grew up in that iPhone generation, so I'm comfortable with it. So one of the things that we did with Novacore is right on that, uh, phone is a giant QR code and, I said, I want the builder to scan that and I don't want them to be scrolling. I want it to be user intuitive because that's another reason why the iPhone was a success is it's user intuitive. It just works how you think it would. Yep. So I wanted to develop a way where builders or people in the field can learn about Novacore on the spot, know how to install it, feel comfortable about it because we have someone like Neil speaking to it. And it's just easy. We, we can get that information without an agent of LP being on the field. So when you scan the Novacore board now, it takes you to a very quick um, web page on your phone. We have videos ready to go in English and in Spanish. We have sales literature ready to go. You can contact customer support if you have more questions. But the idea is, and what Neil, when he was speaking to those framers, right? Yeah. He was giving me feedback and the builders were giving me feedback saying, a lot of our framers just don't want to waste time asking questions to us on how to use this. They would much rather just take their phone out, scan it, not have to talk to anyone and learn for themselves on what the heck is standing in front of them in a pile of kind of true. Yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah. So it's like I said, this is the first product that we've done that with kind of embracing the 21st century. We're not stupid. We know there's going to be a wild adoption and this could fail for us, but, but you're getting traction from it. Like you're definitely, yeah, we are, yeah. we are, so, we are, we are so far, which I'm excited to hear, which means that idea worked, you know, and that, that was another idea that I had kind of speaking to the dishes thing earlier. I was at a restaurant scanning my phone and I'm like, hold on, this might help adoption with Novacore, you know, kind of a newer product to the field. This could every, every little bit helps. So, um, is there any other products that you guys can share that you can nothing at else? Uh, the most recent one, what my mind's been wrapped up with all of October has been that sealant. Yeah. So that's, that's in addition to our weather logic system 
now where you can use it um you can use it with the tape you can just use it by itself but it offers builders another option that they may be more comfortable with if they don't if they don't want to use the tape they can use the sealant instead to use our products and like i just said how do you get that information out there we know we have someone as capable and has that charisma comfortability factor as neil so we shot those videos and english and spanish how's that sealing with the uh, colder temps is still fine yeah yeah, yeah. Not an issue because we 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 did all the work up front yeah. you know so both extremes i guess you get really hot temps and then really cold temps and it's, it's totally working fine yes yes i i I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's something absolutely ridiculous. And Neil rattled it off a few days ago. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, if a building or a house is approaching that temperature, the sealant is the least yeah, of their that, worry very true. for what's going on. Yeah, their that's... house is on fire or there's <laughs> the world is in a very dire state of uh, you know, peril. So. Uh, I want to share a little bit of Green Book talk here, which is safety talk. Uh, designated substances, a biological, chemical, and or physical agent to which exposure to a worker is prohibited, regulated, restricted, limited, or controlled. That's basically what it is. Installation may include two designated substances, asbestos and iso isocanets. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. Asbestos is found in insulation, wallboard, asphalt, adhesives, caulking, drywall, compound. I know that. Plaster and shingles. Uh, asbestos can cause uh, asbestosis, lung cancer, and mesolima. You know that thing. Uh, dust, that's it. Yeah. So these are all two big words for me, man. Uh, dust can remain airborne for over 24 hours. That I didn't know. 24 hours dust. Wow. Oh, really? Airborne. Yeah. Uh, it, I guess it's just in dead air or I guess it's just dead air, but I guess if someone walks through the room there, you're agitating and it's still moving at that point. So I guess it can still be airborne for Okay. Uh broken into friable, uh easily crumbled, loose composition and non friable, held together by a binder such as cement, vinyl, or asphalt. Uh as far as I know, asbestos will still be used as far as the nineties. Like our government, I don't know about the U.S., but our government was still allowing uh, manufacturers to still sell it on the market because they had resources for it. I, c I could not tell you. No, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, no I, I'm just surprised that it was still like that. So uh, that's it. That's that's all I wanted to share regarding designated substances, which is basically asbestos and stuff like that. Um, anything as we get close to wrapping up here and getting to the 12 questions of construction, which I'm always thrilled to find out more. Uh, anything else you want to share, Chris? No, I'm good. All good. We covered everything so far. I, I think so. I don't know if, you, yeah, beyond the, uh, the final bit, I don't, I think we, we touched on a lot. I did. You know, I don't even know if I asked this question when I was at the shows or I was speaking to LP in general. I mean, your products, they go outside of North America, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought, right? So they're they're used in other countries as well, right? Yeah, we have presence in Canada. Um, their LP South America is an entirely different thing. They have they have different products than what we even have domestically, where it's like um, anti fungal, anti mold boards in South America. Wow, different things wow. like that. Yeah. Does it get Europe? No, it doesn't go. Does it go to Europe? I don't think so completely. I know I know we have more international, but I. 
I'm not sure. I can't speak to the details of that. Okay. One. No, I was just curious. I never asked that question. I may have asked, but I probably wasn't paying attention at the time. All right. So let's get to the 12 questions. I just want to remind everybody, uh, project manager. And uh, so project manager innovation team, part of the innovation mm-hmm. team. Is that the idea? Yep. Uh, Chris Dahl and it's Chris.Dahl at LPCorp.com and it's LP underscore pros and LP building solutions. Ready for the 12 questions? Sure. Let's, let's see how this goes. <laughs> what is your favorite construction word? Uh, construction word. Um, can it be two? I, I like, I could be I a phrase. Say, could be two. Could be whatever. Yeah. No rules, no let's cash prizes. It. Let's do it. That's, that's what it is. When I hear that on the field, let's do it. Let's go for it. It just means that something's getting done. And you know, all of, if, if you're on the construction site and have enough confidence to say that, whether it's blind confidence, ignorance or whatever, let's figure it out and go from there. What's your least favorite construction word? Maybe. What turns you on? Indecisiveness. Yeah. What turns you on in construction? Uh, Willingness. Like willingness to adopt, I guess. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? Stubbornness. What is your favorite curse word? Could be a phrase. Can I, can I actually cuss on this? Of stuff? course, yeah. Uh, well, well, something my mother taught me to say if I needed to, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Fuck it. What is your favorite vehicle? Jeep Wrangler. Least favorite vehicle? Uh, any kind of hatchback. Do they still make hatchbacks? I'm looking at one right now. Like brand new? Brand new? No. Yeah. Brand this, new? This is, I think this is an Audi across the street from oh, me. Okay. I didn't know that they made hatchbacks still. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love, Chris? Nail guns. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Buzz saws. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I want to be a bartender. <laughs> That sounds so bad, but I, I really, really do. You're in the right town. You're in the right town. Yeah. What, what profession would you not like to do? Uh, cop. My dad was a cop. Don't I don't envy him for doing that job. It's a tough job. It's a tough yeah. job on so many levels. Uh, yep. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear from? Oh, sorry. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Word. not you <laughs> chris absolute pleasure man thank you so much for being on the show really appreciate your time being on the show and sharing so much uh looking forward to it uh do you go to ibs are you one of the yeah. part of the team okay cool so we might yeah, actually bump to each other yeah yeah no, yeah absolutely cool. come say hi yeah for sure i always stop at you guys at your booth there so everybody again uh chris.doll uh at lpcorp.com and it's lp underscore pros and lp building solutions uh what's the website again the website is uh what corp.com yeah that's what i thought it was okay we are out of here thanks so much thanks so much angelina